catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the WrestleMania Monday edition of The Wrap right here on the Fike Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we recap night two of WrestleMania going down live from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right hand, my co-captain, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Ron Wagner, or not so much as of late. I bring to you once again on the show... WrestleMania Scott Young. He might be a little salty after tonight's festivities, but we shall see about that. But welcome back, WrestleMania Scott. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE, especially during WrestleMania week. We had another classic tonight. We almost had a classic in the main event. I'm not quite as depressed as everyone else, but uh, definitely was not what I was expecting. I don't think any of us saw it coming. I think it kind of ended WrestleMania weekend on a very down note. We'll get to the very controversial finish to the main event shortly. But joining us also today as a make good for an episode that has been lost to the ether. The Sinbad joke is lost in the cloud forever. But we might bring it back on this show today. Joining us for the WrestleMania Night 2 review right here on the Fighting Media Network, the Godfather himself, Gigi Gary Gonzalez is back. Welcome back, Gigi. I'm so sad that that show was lost to the ether, uh, but I, I wanted to do a make good because it was so much fun and I wanted to make sure that we could all do this. And hey, it it, it probably comes out better, right? Because what is a more historic day and night than today? It, all the news about the WWE sale, Triple H didn't have a quite a pat answer for that question in the press conference. He was like, <laughs> uh, I would rather just talk about WrestleMania. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Uh, and, you know, night two of WrestleMania it was another good show. They had an opportunity to really, really change the game with somebody and they chose not to. And some people expect him to never be over as over as he is again i'm one of them but it's obviously a, a very very 
Monday morning quarterback thought uh, on my end. But uh, yeah, there's there's so there's so many things going through our mind. So I don't want to slow us down here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to all the stuff and then I'll I'll have some thoughts. I, I will have thoughts. So just be prepared. I am prepared now. I think we all have some thoughts on that main event that left us incredibly confused to wrap up night two of WrestleMania. But we got to dive into a little bit of NXT talk. Stand and deliver going down on Saturday from the Cryptos Arena. I'm going to call the Staples Center in L.A. Booker T thought it was at night and it was 11 o'clock a.m. in the morning. But I digress on all of that. But it was a show. It existed for nearly three hours. I thought that was a bit much. But, hey, somehow, some way, they were able to fill in seven matches in that time frame. And I got to let Gigi know that Dwayne The Rock Johnson, despite his Instagram message to his daughter, has now replaced Rey Mysterio as the worst father of the year for not showing up to his daughter's debut match. How is that even possible? I don't. <laughs> he's t- he, we watch Young Rock and we see how bad of a dad that he had growing up. <laughs> and it's like, hey, look, can we be a little bit better than this guy? <laughs> how can you not be there? For your daughter in her very first match. Yeah, and you don't know, give me the excuse that your pops was not there at your first match. Because I think he was. Uh, he I think, was. I think Rocky was there. So what's going on here? Instead of Rey Mysterio wasting time booyaking our shows, maybe he should go spend some time with The Rock and tell him how to be a father. Now that at least we know he knows how to pull the belt off and lay the whoop oh sometimes. My God. Okay, so you know what The Rock does very well that I don't give him quite the crap that... I sort of smirk when I see my CEO do it in our all hands because, you know, we so, sometimes she is remote. And so she'll do a thing where she's like, she's got like the walking treadmill in her office. And like, so she's like showing that she's like multitasking. Here I am hosting this meeting and I'm walking and exercising at the same time. She's great, by the way. It's just kind of a funny little thing that I think people kind of go, do you really have to do that? Can you just like, talk to us and then do your walking does the rock have to cut the promo about his daughter while he's like working out or walking on the treadmill or whatever he was doing can can we just not get him standing still for one second it's like dude just you don't have to do both of these things at once like just just talk to us then go back to your workout like you, you don't have to show us how much stuff you get done how you get 48 hours of stuff done in 24 hours you don't have to constantly show us that He has no choice. Black Adam failed. Oh, my God. He has to do PR damage control via Instagram. (laughs) Saw that hairless guinea pig. That's a way to get us back in his good graces. Yeah, I I, I guess um, I was thinking. What would his daughter like? Let's let's say that this is part of storyline, right? This is this is like Ray and Dom all over again. What would his daughter have to do in order for him to actually show up? That should be like a storyline. Like she wrestles her first match, and then they should cut a promo in the back of you know what? What do you think? Like, did my dad show up? Like, was he here? Nope, sorry, he wasn't here. And then like this just leads into you know she has to just win all of these matches just to get Rock to come out and and see her. Like that should be built into the storyline. I'm gonna go ahead and burst that bubble. There is absolutely <laughs> zero chance of Dwayne showing up at the PC and and coming in front of that audience on TV. Maybe her first night on Raw. Well, yeah. Well, what what do they? 
like if if Dwayne, I'm trying I'm trying to think of a way for Dwayne to get his way out of this because he's always putting the pictures of his two younger daughters and they're painting his face and he's closing his eyes and getting pancakes in the face and all that. And he's just showing them and he's dad of the year. Brother, you have another daughter. Like I don't see her on your social media. Come on. You got to show up. Well, he failed. You have one shot to do this and he failed his daughter and he thanked her and supported her via an Instagram message. Rock, you're a shit father, officially. Ray Mysterio is now father of the year alongside Titus O'Neil and Kofi Kingston. Screw you, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Let's pump the brakes on that. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's pump the brakes on giving Ray Mysterio any type of father of the year crowns, okay? He had a great moment. He had a great day. But let's, let's, let's pump the brakes, okay? He's no Titus O'Neil. <laughs> He's learning, damn it. He's getting there. But all of this, Shading the Rock, is more compelling than the majority of NXT stand and deliver. But speaking of Ava Rain, she did make her debut in the pre-show match as it was a schism versus Chase U and the Chase University building and its curriculum was on the line. And this match was... All right. The story was Duke Hudson making a decision for his team and that he had to decide whether or not he's with the school or with the cult. And he teased the hill turn. The fans love Duke Hudson. I do love his personality. He's very talented. He's got something. But ultimately, he was avowed and he was devout to chase you. And he fought for the good team. And they beat the schism one, two, three, to maintain their accreditation for the fakest for profit university in America, Scott. Did this match hit the spot for you? Or was it just all right to kick off Stand and Deliver? It was a fine kickoff match. Nothing wrong with it. I think Thea Hell is a great kickoff person. Great ball of energy. Um, so, yeah, it was fine. Duke Hudson looked good. I thought he he looked pretty good in particular. Joe Gacy always looks good when he does these uh, the takeover shows. And I like his gear. So, yeah, it was fine for what it was. I agree. It was all right. I was a little surprised I started the show early. I thought I was going to have like a extra 30 minutes, but oh no, let's jump right to the action. Wasn't mad at it though. But I did enjoy Thea Hell. She's very entertaining. She is just a bundle of energy and she's not afraid to whoop dudes' ass when need be. I love that for her. Yeah, real nice tornado DDT spot during the match. Uh, Ava wasn't very good, but you know, that's to be expected. She probably hasn't been training very long, but yeah, she didn't look very good in there, but everything else was fine. It was fine for what it was. Yes, a perfectly acceptable pre-show match to kick off, stand, and deliver. And we do kick things off with the fatal five-way ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship. Roxanne Perez is the champion back for this match against Zoe Stark versus Lyra Vicaria versus Tiffany Stratton versus Gigi Dolan versus Andy Hartwell. And, you know, Scott, we had some pretty low expectations for this match heading into Stan and Deliver due to the experience level besides Zoe Stark and the champion Roxanne Perez. But outside of a couple of spots that were questionable, I thought this match over delivered in the best possible way. I agree. I think all these women stood up and delivered. Um, have to give them their props on that. I will say this, though. I did find out that the only person who is worse than the Miz at catching people on dives are these women right here. Um, so, <laughs> Tiffany Stratton, you a soldier for taking that one. 
because uh, she took a dive and f- there were it looked like six women right there and no one caught her. So there's that. But yeah, the match was fine. Uh, we get the nice index reunion, which the crowd went crazy for. So Indy Hartwell, who's lost every match, it seems like for the last year, is all of a sudden your NXT women's champion as Roxanne smiles because she lost her title. <laughs> she was very happy about that. Oh, like I lost my title to Andy Hartwell. But I got to say that everybody looked impressive in this match. Tiffany looked good. Lyra had a nice showing. She's a stunning woman and very talented as well. I thought it was one of her better showings. Gigi had moments of... Mm. Gigi and JC were both there. <laughs> <laughs> what do okay. You know? Okay. <laughs> to make up for the biggest blunder in the rap history on your end because <laughs> shout out to grandpa Des. He called us out because I tried to warn you three times and you didn't catch it. Unforgettable. Listen, not only did I not catch it, I didn't catch the drift and I completely <laughs> forgot they were in the match, but they were fine. And JC, look, JC even showed up in the match that I forgot that she was a part of anyway. So it worked out great. <laughs> You still are unforgiven for that. I mean, and then you forgot about the match you were actually previewing on top of that, which was extra shade on top of the shade that was already thrown upon Gigi and JC. JC, and the fact that I mentioned Gigi in that match and it still completely missed you. It happens. Uh, real quick, um, the, the the schism and uh, Chase U gets you know, two and a half tears out of me. And uh, this ladies match gets three and a quarter tears out of me. I will give this match three and a quarter t- tiers as well. It was good for what it was, but I got to go in a little bit on Dexter Loomis. Now, I know that him and Indy in storyline had a lot of sex, wow. you know, during the honeymoon and the condoms were very, very, very useful for them. But he really got in the ring in the face sitting position to help his wife up the ladder. Well, not only that, we also you saw how comfortable Indy was in the position. So she was like, well, this is normal. Um, and you saw she got the boost and all of a sudden had an energy spurt and went and got the title. So we see how things work in that household. Uh, the way is back. The way is back together. The way you finessed that at the very end, I greatly appreciate it. But yeah, that was quite the visual. And she did get that boost of confidence. She needed to climb that ladder and to become the new NXT Women's Champion. I was a little surprised by this. She has been a hard worker for a very long time. Maybe this was her thank you for all of your hard work moment, but I don't sense a very long reign for Indy Hartwell, but good for her. She is a champion once again this time in the singles division. Next up is a triple threat match for the NXT Tag Team Championship involving Gallus versus Alpha Academy versus the D'Angelo family, the mob. And Scott picked the mob to win this match. And unfortunately, he was wrong. I was wrong as well. And I have to say the only highlight for me during this match was Julius delivering suplexes and kipping up repeatedly, showing off how great he is as an athlete. But this match was a mess. It was botchy in spots. And I wasn't feeling it, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know who put this match together. Like, I just you don't just because you can think of it in your mind doesn't mean you have to do it on do it out there. Like, whose idea? Who thought it was a good idea to do a double electric chair spot and then have Brutus of all people coming off the top with the cannonball? Like, that just 
the match was okay at best. Um, three, I think three good teams. I thought the mob actually looked good as a team. They had some nice double team moves. Tony D's got nice fire. Not a big fan of stacks, but Tony D's got nice fire. Um, yeah, this this match gets two and a half tears out of me. It was it was fine. It was just there. And Brutus Boo Boo, that that double doomsday device missing everybody was a choice as well. Well, at least the double moon saw him and Julius hit off the apron look good. But besides that, you don't have to see much of this match. But Gallus is at full strength. Joe Coffey is back. Um, so this, this, we'll see what happens with Gallus going forward. Mm, we'll see. They're still kind of iffy to me. They're trying to get over with the barroom gimmick and the pool playing. We'll see in the darts and stuff. But they're all right as a team. They, seem to be, they just need to be a bit more over on NXT for me to really care about them as tag team champions right now. But we'll see where it goes as Gallus is now back being a trios once again as we move on to, my goodness, a fatal five-way match for the NXT North America Championship. It was Wesley versus Dragon Lee versus JD McDonough versus Elio Dragunov versus, I do believe, one more person axiom who made it through the battle royale this past tuesday on nxt this was by far the best match on the show wesley's great as champion but let me tell you something this was the elio dragunov show this guy is incredible and to me he was the mvp of this match uh, you know, for you, it was dragging off. For me, I thought Axiom was the star of this match. I, I thought he was kind of the glue of this match. Every big move that was hit or hit on somebody, Axiom was a part of it or, you know, kind of got the assist of it, set it up, you know, hit the move right before that big move. So I, I think it's and I think that tells how good of a match it was that you saw dragging off as kind of the guy that showed out. And I thought it was Axiom. And, you know, Dragon Lee had a good showing. Wesley had a good showing. JD had a good showing. So this was, it was just a really good match. This felt like a takeover worthy match. Um, you know, we we complained about the five-way and it didn't need to be a five-way and it could have been better as a singles, but as a five-way, it was, it was absolutely solid. I look forward to seeing Dragon Lee in this North American mix for now. Yes, he had a very nice showing in this matchup. Loved his athleticism. Wanted a bit more for him during this match to really stand out a bit more. But I will say that in a rarity in WWE today, his theme music absolutely slaps. Yeah, not only his theme and his intro video would have been really good if, uh, I guess, uh, Scripps wasn't back there trying to hack the screen. So, um, Who botched his intro like that? Who did Scripps. that? That was Scripps. <laughs> Somebody gave scripts the controls, and this is what happens. Like, you know, we give scripts the keys, and absolute chaos ensues. Damn you, scripts, for effing up Dragon Lee's introduction in the ring. But the music was banging. I do appreciate that. And the finish was spectacular with Wesley catching Dragon off with the cardio kick out of nowhere. Oh, great finish for the one, two, three. Wesley is still over with the people and I still send big things for him not only on NXT but the main roster someday as well yeah I'm ready for them to lose the title me personally but you know that's just me I'd rather be on JD JD's my guy I think he'd just be a great heel champion I do agree with you but Dragonoff's my guy so we got beef Scott 
you know, Perfect. opposing it's a sides. Feud to have over the title. <laughs> exactly. But we're not going to like absolutely dish it out on each other. We respect each other's colleagues. We're not going to go out there and slug it out. I'm not going to rip your eye out and give you like a detached retina. I'm not like that. I don't think. Not yet. <laughs> the night's still young, you say. That's right. Okay. Now, a match you forgot about during our review or preview, I should say, for NXT Stand and Deliver was Johnny Gargano versus Grayson Waller in an unsanctioned match. Scott did not give two shits about this match when we previewed it a couple of days ago on The Wrap. I thought this match was great. This was by far the greatest Grayson Waller match ever. And Johnny Gargano has not looked better since Elimination Chamber well over nearly two months ago in Montreal. That was his I'm still that guy performance. And this was also his final farewell performance in NXT. And I thought he was great in this match. This was a violent, brutal battle. Great near falls. I just love the intensity both guys brought to this match. And Candice and Baby Wrestling at ringside selling the moment as well was a lot of fun. So Scott, despite you shading this match's existence on the preview show, Seeing it in action, did your perspective change at all? Um, the match was good. I, uh, you know, I, I don't know why Candace felt the need to bring her uh, her sitter with her to ringside <laughs> if she was just going to hand the baby off anyway. I guess she just wanted the baby to get some screen time and then hand the baby off to the sitter, and she decided to jump into the match. So there's that. At least you, at least you helped your husband out this time, Candace. We appreciate it. Um, I, I think for me. This match show Grayson Waller's not really ready for that Gargano special yet. You know, he's I, I thought he looked kind of sluggish at times. The match was good, but it it wasn't a Gargano special. You know, like Gargano wants these epic classics and I just don't know if Grayson was is that guy at least not in this hardcore type environment. Like Grayson was beat the hell up, man. And so the match was good. Uh, the five-way, I, I gave four and a quarter tiers. This one, I'm giving uh, three and three-quarter tiers. Okay, I give four and a quarter tiers to the Fatal Five-way. I would give four and a quarter tiers to this match. I thought it was very good. You know, sometimes it's good that Johnny's not egregious with his Johnny takeover matches because sometimes it can be a bit masturbatory and Shawn Michaels tends to go a bit too far with the near falls and the dramatics of it all. So by Johnny wrestling standards of today, I thought he did a pretty good job trying to sell the intensity of this moment, trying to take out Grayson Waller by swinging a chair with a chair wrapped around his neck and then took care of business. So I thought he did a great job being the ring general and Grayson Waller took an absolute beating. His back was messed up and back to backs and in delivers. He left a very indelible mark in terms of selling and his ability to get himself over as a star. That can be somebody on the main roster someday. Yeah, no, I still think Grayson can absolutely be somebody. I think he's got something, um, you know, I know Gigi's not a fan of, uh, of old Grayson Waller and his, uh, 20, tw- 20 Twitter followers, but 30, 32,000. I just looked it up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> There it is. There it is. Um, but people yes. were wondering where I was. I only watched the main event of this show. So I was just letting Keela and Scott cook, but I did have to unmute because Grayson Waller has 32,000 Twitter followers, which, um, every prominent wrestling media member has more than 32,000 Twitter followers. And his gimmick is that he's a social media influencer in some way. 
Uh, so very happy to see him take that L. <laughs> Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There are three things guaranteed in life. Oh, my. Death, taxes, and Gigi staying on Grayson Waller's neck. It never fails. 32,000 followers. It is going to be the running joke of this show and of Fight Game Media forever because it's facts. Grayson Waller, I'm sorry, sir. Gigi got smoke for you forever. And that is a guarantee on this show and in life moving forward. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now we must talk about witches, Scott, the coven, uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn versus Kiana James and Fallon Henley for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. And this match was just all right. Honestly speaking, this match could have happened on Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on USA. It was kind of just there. And it reminded me how much I miss Casey and JoJo as the women's tag team champions repping NXT because mm, choice is here. Yeah, miss Casey and JoJo. Um, you know, I want them back. Um, you know, Jackson 5 style as well. And um, <laughs> listen, this match was okay. It, I think what you said about it being on Tuesday, that's where it should have been. It would have been fine on Tuesday, but on a takeover. Ah, especially WrestleMania weekend, but at least uh, the Coven's finisher is is pretty sweet. But the match was fine. Two tiers. I give it two tiers as well. To be fair, and then Kiana James wanted her bag from her guy Brooks Jensen, and he says, "No, I can't cheat. It's wrong." Stupid. <laughs> and she gets knocked out. Backbreaker set on combo one two three. New champions, I don't care. I like the Coven well enough, but we need stronger tag teams in this division to really elevate those belts and the champions at the end of the day. As we now segue to the main event of NXT Stand and Deliver, it was Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. I loved Melo's entrance, very LA Lakers, very nice of him to come out there paying homage to the late great Kobe Bryant, exemplifying the Mamba mentality. And this match... You know, I expected a bit more. There are elements of this match I really enjoyed. But once again, we're not playing to the strengths of Braun Breaker or Carmelo Hayes in terms of their agility and their athleticism. Braun Breaker, I thought, looked very clean in this match by delivering snap. Frankensteiners off the top rope in the ring as well. He was very mat-based in terms of his power. Carmelo Hayes had a couple of hiccups in there as well with some springboards that went awry to kind of show up as an experience against Braun Breaker as the champion for well over a year now. And it was just 
a fine championship match. I expected a wee bit more two handpicked guys to usher in NXT 2.0 back in 2021. And now they're in the main event. And I just wanted a bit more sauce at the end of the day. Yeah, I, the match was okay. I this is I, I still think the key to this is you have to have a veteran in there. You needed to bring somebody down from the main roster who's not on the card, who could, you know, give Braun the rub. Um, but, you know, you wanted to get the belt on Melo, and that's fine, and this is what happens. It was just an okay match. The As I'm watching this match, I watched it uh, the day after, so I didn't watch it live with a lot of the folks. And obviously, the thing that happened with Rick Steiner and Giselle Shaw, where Rick Steiner turned into the uh the ass face gremlin just uh went went bigot on everybody i wonder if that kind of played into into bronze uh mentality i don't know the timing of when that would have happened based on when he would have had that match maybe it was actually after that so it, it might not have but there was something about him where maybe it was because he was losing but like facial expressions like i was looking for fire because if he's going to be a baby face on the main roster, the thing that he needs, he needs two things. One, he needs the ability to sell. And two, he needs the fiery comeback. And he was doing moves fine, like Kayla said. Like, you know, the, the moves are well done and he's a great athlete. But I just don't see the fire in him that I really expected to see. And likewise, uh, Carmelo was not able to raise Braun's game. And it might be because, you know, they're both still young wrestlers, but I fu- I expected Carmelo to put a little bit more uh, sizzle uh, on the match. I expected, his, you know, his character to come out. I, I was even kind of disappointed in uh, my guy, Trick Daddy Williams. Like he he was there and he was a little animated. But overall, I was just so disappointed because this is like one of those things where WWE likes to kind of put the shine, like put the spotlight and go, okay, this is what we're doing. You guys, you know, this is imagine uh, Bailey Sasha in, in, in Brooklyn, like we're shining the spotlight for y'all to cook. And this is your opportunity. And Braun and Mello were not ready for that moment. And it was unfortunate because I think a lot of people expect something to happen at some point with both guys. I'm of the opinion that WWE will never utilize Carmelo in a strong way just because of his size. And I actually think that they will try to utilize trick daddy Williams more as a wrestler because of it. So I'm not sure he's the greatest fit for the main roster, even though I think he's fantastic and has a ton of upside. I have my uh, Carmelo rookie cards over here somewhere, (laughs) Uh, but I was just so disappointed in Braun. I, you know, last year this time I saw this dude and I was like, okay, like this guy's the total package. I shouldn't have said the total package. Cause that's gonna, the, the, now I'm talking about the main event of, of WrestleMania, but um, the, just, I thought he had everything and it, not to say that he's regressed. Cause I'm sure he's a better wrestler, but the, the, uh, the subtle pieces that I was sort of expecting from him, uh, they're just not there. And so I don't know what that's about. It may have been just a night off, but, yeah, so disappointed in this match. And then the finish of him shaking Carmelo's hand and like, you know, not really shaking it, but like raising his arm. I'm like, 
dude, they cheated. <laughs> My guy hit you in the back with the belt. Like you should be mad. Like that's the wrong that that that's the wrong reaction for him in losing this match. He should not have been like, okay, the better man won. He should be like, no, f you. You guys cheated. I want a rematch, and I didn't get that reaction, so it was kind of a little bit tone deaf to what they did. Yeah, it was kind of a lame way to end the show. He was very thankful, like, hey, congratulations. You're the next guy up. Thank you for cheating, by the way. Your guy knocked me upside the head. But anyway, you're the champion. Congratulations. Here's your coronation. I'm gone. But I do agree with you regarding Braun Breaker. I feel like he's hit this plateau as of late. And I think it's time for him to move on. I think it's time for him to move up and maybe work with different people on the main roster to light that fire under him to really get the fundamentals down as to what it means to be a complete performer. We saw his raw talent well over a year ago in NXT, but I do feel the slippage. I think his last few title defenses has not done a lot for me. I think his last great match was a Halloween Havoc against two British strong style wrestlers in Ilya Dragunov and Janie McDonough. But otherwise, it's been kind of like, mm, it's been very meh for me with him as champion. And we were very high on him a year ago. But a year later, we're hopping up Logan Paul as the guy that I think's got next in WWE. And he doesn't even work full time in the company. I'm not surprised. I mean, did you see what Roxanne did when she lost her title? She was like, word, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's something, it's something in the water that Walker HBK is out there giving them, you know? So I, I'm not surprised. I guess that's just what they do in NXT and, and, and Walker's, uh, Walker's drama that he likes to produce every week. I'm surprised we didn't get a monologue from him. Well, you know, we're living out the autobiography of Walker HBK every right. single week on this show. Right. We're, we, we, we are replaying the greatest hits of the 1990s for HBK. Let him relive his glory through the 2023 lens. And this led to a very uh, all right NXT stand and deliver that did not happen at night, Booker T. It happened at 11 a.m. in the morning. But I digress in all of that. As we move on to night two of WrestleMania going down live from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, Calif in Inglewood, California. And we kick things off with Omos versus Brock Lesnar 101, a battle of the giants. It was the Megazord versus the Dragonzord part two. And this match, I got to say, exceeded expectations. This was a big host battle between two giants and Omos was bigger. He was stronger than Brock Lesnar. He was slugging and dishing it out, putting the big man down at various points. But Brock fired up when need be, delivered several German suplexes to Omos. But the selling point of this match, Scott, was could Brock Lesnar pick up Omos for an F5? And sure enough, he did. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I love a big hoss battle. Um, you can sign me up for the uh, the Big E special of big, sweaty men slapping meat. Sign me up for it. I'm here for it. Moonshine Brock tossing the Wakandan giant Omos around. You know, it was great. I, I loved it. I loved the build to the German. I thought that second German especially looked very impressive because he got some hang time on Omos. Um, he sold the first when he went for the F5. He sold that really well, the back. They told a nice story, nice, quick. They went home. This this was a, a very good opening. Again, didn't have to be crazy because we had some crazy stuff coming. But this was an excellent, nice, quick pace open, which Brock does best. And Brock said, let me get that Cena special. You know, actually, Cena's on my special. Let me go ahead, go first, get out of there, go home. 
But this is good. A lot of fun. Hey, give me three tiers on this one. That's do, fair. Do you think – what at what point of this show do you think Brock Lesnar left and, and just went home? Immediately. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, I think he I think soon as he he soon as he hit that F five, walked up the ramp, threw his arms up, he was like, All right, go ahead and get the car ready, I'm gonna throw my sweats on, I'm out. <laughs> What's the uh I'm I'm forgetting the movie, but uh Jay Z's City of Mind video parody or like they kind of copied the movie where jay-z's like limping and all of a sudden when people aren't looking he just starts walking normally that's what i sensed brock like brock is like selling the back selling the back selling the back walking all the way up that ramp selling the back and then right when he gets through the curtain stands right up you know calls for the uber and he's out <laughs> that's it that, and the, the uber has already been called that, that's, he said as soon as i hit the f5 go ahead and make the call that way when i get to the back <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just throw my jacket on wait whose you know? job was that though to call the uber was that was that Dolph's? was that mustafa ali <laughs> <laughs> like he, he got he got 20 year vet Dolph doing this for him <laughs> Like I as Dolph, twenty as Dolph is straightening his hair in the back. <laughs> oh my god! Calling the Uber. So. <laughs> I that was I, I was I was just joking. No shade at at, at Dolph because <laughs> you know the the guy. Like talk about someone who's loyal. Just the amount of stuff that they put him through. But I guess last year they're like, eh, we'll give him a carrot. We'll let him beat Braun at at uh, WrestleMania weekend, and then we'll put him back with Mustafa Ali in the Never Ending Feud. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna end up in a tag team that's what's gonna happen with that they would have been in a tag team you know you talked about uh paul fontaine aka uh, grandpa des he's probably seen more dolph mustafa ali matches than anyone else because he's the only one who watches uh that main event show like he watches that show religiously yeah, you know they probably re- they, yeah Mustafa's a regular on there. I didn't even know I didn't know Dolph still wrestled on there. Oh, maybe maybe, I, yeah, maybe he's not. I just assumed I was like this guy. Oh, I know Mustafa is though. He's definitely a regular. Yeah, but uh, as far as the match is concerned, I mean it was you know it was what it was. Did the the bear hug spots? We knew we were going to get them. They were uh, about as painful as uh, as the commercials after the Hell in the Cell match, um, but. Overall, I think it, you know you gave the people what they wanted, which is to see if Brock could pick up this giant human. And uh, you know, I, I find it funny because I've, I have a lot of friends who they are casual, casual wrestling fans, right? And so, like, I have a buddy who was watching. He's like, "Oh, Brock," and he's like, "But who's this? Uh, who's this other dude?" And I was like, "Oh, that's Omos." You know, he's like former basketball player. He's like, you know, seven feet tall. He's like 400 LBs, and he's like, no way. Like, 400? Like, that's incredible. Like, he's still, you know, it's that, that's who this match was for, was my buddy who watches wrestling, like, once every three months and just wants to see, like, the big dude spectacle still gets to him. And so that's exactly who this match was for. And, uh, you know, it was exactly what you wanted it to be, which is to see Brock finally get to throw this dude and then uh, call the Uber. You know, you say that. And my my son, it was it's bedtime, you know, eight o'clock bedtime. Brock comes out first. He's walking up the steps, and or Omos came out. And he's like, "Oh my god, Dad, who's that?" I'm like, "That's 
That's Omos. He's the big, that's the big guy. He said, can I watch that? So he, Omos comes out. And when he sees those two dudes, he is just in awe. He's, when he sees Omos just tossing him around and tossing Brock around. So, yeah, that, it, it, that's absolutely a spectacle match for, for the kids and just for the casual person walking by, seeing like, who the hell is that giant? Yeah, for sure. He is a big dude, and I will say that Brock Lesnar got a better match out of Omos than Bobby Lashley did last year. Yeah, I agree. Yes. And speaking of Bobby Lashley, the man deserved a WrestleMania match. He only came out one time to hold up the very heavy Andre the Giant Memorial Battle World Trophy. A damn shame. Okay, when that moment happened, what were you like? What were you fantasy booking in your head at that moment? Were you thinking, "Up, oh, LA Knight is coming out," or were you thinking Bray Wyatt? And I was like, "No, can't be Bray because it's not dark yet." Oh, Braun Breaker's coming out. Oh, and then all of a sudden, he just grabbed this trophy, herked it up over his head, and it was over. <laughs> you know, I had high hopes. But the moment he came out in street clothes, it evaporated. Like, well, he ain't going to get physical tonight. He's not going to go out there and challenge anybody in street clothes. I was like, well, this is great. And then it gave me false hope and he made it halfway down the ramp. And then he walked back up. Like, well, all of my hopes are now dashed. I thought it could have been a call out of LA Knight, who is over, by the way. They need to push him. He is babe face that can get over and get some pops here. I probably wanted maybe Bronson Reed having a WrestleMania moment against Bobby Lashley. They teased that during the Battle Royal and SmackDown as well. So those were a couple of possibilities. But as soon as I saw Bobby and Sheree close, I knew Roberto wasn't working tonight. <laughs> you called that man Roberto, though. <laughs> That's his government name. That is legit his government name. I know what it is, but you called that man. That man ain't had no match on WrestleMania, but you going to call that man Roberto on the pod. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't do that man like that. <laughs> you know, he could actually, they could actually do something with that. Like, he could be two characters. <laughs> like, he just, he, he grows the Vince McMahon mustache. <laughs> oh, no. And he's Roberto. <laughs> and then he doesn't have the mustache and he's Bobby Lashley. Because why would he ever wear a T-shirt? or a sport coat or whatever he was wearing when he comes out in front of the crowd. The dude's got the best body in the history of pro wrestling. Like he should never be wearing uh, that, that look. So maybe you just put a mustache with that look and he's Roberto, but otherwise he's shirtless and he's Bobby Lashley blaster Lashley, as they used to call him when he was coming up through OVW. The Dominator Roberto. <laughs> imagine, imagine if he had debuted as the Dominator Roberto, coming at you from Colorado Springs with a full stash. <laughs> oh man! See, we're, we're we're doing better than they did tonight on some of this stuff. Basically, and then on top of that, you mentioned the wardrobe choice. So, where was Pastor Roberto last night? The suit game was off, too. He really didn't care. Yo, you got to... Keela, first of all, (laughs) Pastor Roberto... (laughs) What is he he right under Bishop T.D. Jakes? (laughs) (laughs) What is this? 
<laughs> Listen, he's right between T.D. Jakes and T.D. Taker from last year's Hall of Fame ceremony. Oh, man. Th- those are the levels to this. He does he's a collection plate and he's good to go. Need the gators, the cane, the hat. That's Roberto, Pastor Roberto. Even he didn't care last night wearing street clothes. Come on now. <laughs> you guys, you want to know something? I'm reading the new Vince McMahon book by uh, Abraham Reisman. Reisman. I'm not exactly sure the the pronun- exact pronunciation, but there's a story in this book of where Vince McMahon is going to like a military high school, and it's all boys school and they can't really mix with the with the opposite sex and in this time when he was in high school he was putting on what we would call backyard wrestling shows and his name for himself was vince the ape man mcmahon according to this book so he would put on these wrestling shows with with the dudes and then he would put on these shows and they would go to the all girls school and they were healing shows. So he would do this act where I guess his friend would faint and he would have to heal him back to life. And they would do it as like entertainment shows for uh, for, for the for the ladies. Now that Vince is back, we got healing Roberto. Like they could do this gimmick for for Bobby Lashley's alter ego with a mustache. It's just, Vince did it. Vince created it already. You you and Kiva, both of y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> both of y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves for what y'all was talking about for my man. But it's bad enough this dude had to come out carrying eighty pounds of gold and not the type of gold that he wants. Okay, this dude walk around with the dre. He's, hey, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, hey, can I win the world title? And they're like, we'll give you another title at WrestleMania. It's one you won't be able to wear it around your waist. You might have to carry it. It has another grown man's body on it, but this is what this is going to be your prize. And then the day after WrestleMania, we're going to repackage you. <laughs> as as the cleaner Roberto, <laughs> this is this is this is fantastic. This is great. Triple H, we we, we got you. <laughs> this is his Monday after WrestleMania vision, right here. This is why Cody lost. We now we created the new cha- the person who's going to unseat Roman Reigns in Puerto Rico. Roberto in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Roberto. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. And I want to clarify, all of what we said for the last five minutes is better than Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. I mean, you know, and we can like kind of bring this full circle. The one of the most famous Puerto Rican athletes is Roberto Clemente. So this works perfectly. Roberto in Puerto Rico. That that would work. I think I think they have to pull the trigger on it. I think they have to pull the trigger. We've been people have been clamoring for the Bobby Lashley Roman Reigns match. We're gonna get it. You know, instead of Bobby Lashley, though, we're getting 
Roberto, whatever they're going to run with for his last name. I guess it would be maybe be a cousin like Elias and Ezekiel. Now just use his real name, Roberto, Roberto Franklin. La- <laughs> Roberto Franklin. Yo, you got to stop. Okay, we <laughs> we got we got to stop. <laughs> so 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 we going to have Roberto Franklin with a full stash, no longer doing the the you know the Mister Universe type joy. He just gonna be clean, you know, with the stash, embracing his his new heritage. I guess that that that's his shoot middle name though, Franklin. <laughs> Alright, we got we gotta stop. We got, I, I'm not it, it's fine. I'm, I, but it's we come on man. Now I can't picture this man except with it's Roberto Franklin with the stash. I'm going to go create him on 2K after this, and he's going to win the world title at WrestleMania. So Yeah, you need to share that though. If you if you just do your create a wrestler and it's Bobby Lashley with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> he will unseat Roman Reigns. After a thousand days, Roberto Franklin Lashley is a guy that's, to dethrone the champion. Something in Saudi Arabia. Oh man! <sighs> See what WrestleMania finish did to us? It broke us. We have given Roberto an origin story and a victory that we can be proud of. Well, oh God. Oh man, I said to wipe my eyes. They were legit <laughs> crying right now. Right. Welcome to our world. This is what Scott does to me every week on the rap. Constant tears, and sometimes I break him too. But um let's get back on track, shall we? Let's talk about the best match from WrestleMania Sunday. It was a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. It involved Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus the IC champion Gunther. And this match, as we predicted, would be a match that would be violent. It would be bruising. But my God, these guys came out there and said, you know what? We're going to beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. We're going to just hit each other hard and furious, bruise each other up, chop the hell out of one another. And I was living for all of it. This was an outstanding match. The crowd heat was all over the place in that building. Uh, in terms of stadiums, this is one of the best in terms of how the sound travels beautifully. There is hardly any dead air, and this match was absolutely heated. Sheamus once again had my heart. I wanted him to win the the IC title, the only title he has not won in WWE. He falls short, but my God, what a battle, Scott. This was another classic. This is a great match. Um, this was probably the best match of the two nights, I think for me, um, this was everything you could ask for, ask for the physicality was there, uh, big time moves. The crowd was with all three of them in different ways. They wanted Seamus, man. They wanted Seamus to win this match. They, they were with him. Um, but Gunther, Gunther's legit. I thought his entrance was great with him standing at the top like that. That visual was fantastic to see. This was a, a, this was an all-time WrestleMania match. Um, they they produced three all-time WrestleMania matches this weekend, in my opinion. Um, and this was this will go down as one of them. Great match. Agreed. I thought it was outstanding. And I got to say that in terms of chops, 
Gunther chops the loudest, but Drew McIntyre is a very close second. My lord, he lit him up during that match as well. I, I this one was interesting to me because I wasn't a giant fan of the build. Like we knew this was going to be a three way, and they kept like pretending like we were going to get a one on one, and we knew where this was going. So I didn't really like the build. And I think I still may have preferred Gunther and Drew McIntyre one-on-one just as like a, you know, just a fan of a wrestling match. But they do triple threat matches so well. And it comes down to the layout. It comes down to the way that they shoot it. Like sometimes when you watch AEW and, you know, the the person who's the dirt worst at this is, is Luchasaurus. He's he's about to break up a pin and you see his head peeking from from where the apron is. I'm like, this dude is not pretending to be hurt. He's ready to they haven't even pinned yet and he's ready to come in like he's spoiling the whole thing. But the way WWE shoots these matches, you're you're never like you can they're predictable, but they're supposed to be predictable for, for the, you know, breaking up the pins and stuff. But the way they shot, it was great. The near falls were great. And I, I think the best part of this match was even as I was watching it, like if you tell me gun to my head, who's going to win? I would have said Gunther. But Jeremy Finestone, who, you know, he believes he he knows these these stories so well that he's calling out finishes and he's crossing his arms like he's got it. And then Sheamus doesn't win. And he's like, oh. I got that one wrong. Like, but he was so adamant that Sheamus was going to win. And I was like, ah, I think Gunther's going to win. And so the, just the, the idea that, you know, I think it was up in the air until we got to the finish. And that's, that was my favorite part of the match. Cause you were ultimately like, not sure. And you're more than likely like, okay, like we got to this winner and I'm kind of happy that I didn't know that there wasn't a, a, a moment where I was like, that person's going to win and I don't have to worry about this match. It was so good. And I love the fact that Drew and Seamus are fighting for the right to fight Gunther. Now let's beat each other up so we can get to Gunther. I loved it. We had kickouts of the Claymore by Seamus. We had a kick out of a Brogue by Drew. They're going back and forth. And then Gunther takes like a five minute timeout. And he's gone from the scene. It's just Drew and Seamus going back and forth. A great bruising battle amongst friends and enemies at the same time. And then they're out. And they're on top of each other. And then Gunther hits a splash on top of them. And then he power bombs Seamus on top of Drew McIntyre and pins Drew for the win. Just exceptional. This match was incredible. And I wanted Seamus to win desperately. He was so over. The fans loved him. But it was a toss-up, really, because anybody could have won. But at the end of the day, Gunther is, to me, the best champion outside of Roman Reigns in WWE today in terms of pure dominance and just delivering on every level and this was his wrestlemania moment and he's over the people really see him as something special and that wasn't apparent during the early start of his main roster run last year but the people know how special he is now and for that i am grateful because he is truly a gift on the main roster as an overall performer five and a half tears from me for this one whoa definitely my favorite of the weekend Wow. I'm going to go five tiers even. Okay, so I put the show together last night, but I did not 
get to get a chance to listen to it. What was the the match that you had that gave the most tears to last night? So I gave five to the women's match and the main event. Okay. What about you, Kayla? Same, same five and five for the women's match and main event. So this is up there. You know, Scott has a little higher, but you have it right up. I, I would say, I think I liked the main event last night a little bit more just because of that incredible fan reaction. Like they had the fans eating out of the palm of their hands. This is a different reaction. Incredible reaction too, but it's close. Like, you know, you, you talked about those three matches and those three matches were all great in their own way. So. Uh, but yeah, I you know if if somebody said this was the the best match of WrestleMania weekend, if somebody said the main event to night one was the best match of the weekend, I wouldn't have Charlotte and Rhea quite there. I think the first five minutes were a little rough, so I brought it down a little bit, but it got excellent as well. So, uh, but no, it's very interesting to see. I, I was just interested because, I mean, I kind of know what the star ratings are going to be in the Observer, but I won't spoil that because you know. People got to pay their 11 bucks to see that or whatever it is. <laughs> but um, so I, I yeah, just wanted your guys' feedback. Very interesting. Yeah. So it was pretty even with us top three. It would have been four, but you know, something happened in the main event. We're going we're gonna to get to that when we get to it. It was a very distressful night for me and for all of us. We'll get to the main event soon. But I got to get to a match I kind of skipped. I, I've had a Scott Young moment on this show. I, I I didn't. Oh, I I caught it. And see, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. You know, I let you slide. I ain't, I you know I ain't hit you. I ain't hit you with a three peat. You know what I'm saying? You know, no little Wayne over here. Three peat. You know, none of that. You know, no, definitely no Michael Jordan over in this piece. You know what I'm saying? I let it roll. I'm a nice guy. You're nice for now, but I know you're gonna get me back because you know I had to. For sure. Circle back ever so briefly and talk about the fatal four-way match between Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Shotzi and Natalia versus Chelsea Green and Serena Deville versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Honestly speaking, as I always say to Scott, I love Liv Morgan. That's all I have to say about this match. <laughs> Hey, I will say this. This is probably the best Shotzi has ever looked. I don't know. Take it as you want. But um, Ronda, Ronda definitely was on that Brock Lesnar type mode, the old school Brock Lesnar type mode, where she came in and literally did one move. So that's that's the story of the match. One tear from me, just for the effort. From uh, everyone except Ronda, sorry. I'm just happy that nobody got hurt because when you put that lineup of those eight women into the ring, Chelsea green, I'm, you know, I, whenever she gets in a WWE ring, I hold my breath. Cause she's had such <laughs> bad luck yes. with the injuries. Uh, you have Shotzi who, you know, she, she has her share of botches, I guess is what, is what I should call them. Missed moves. Um, and and just you know they were there weren't the outside of Natty you know Shane and Ronda are still fairly early in their careers compared to to Natty but they're both pretty good and I think she, I think Ronda's just hurt like she didn't do anything because 
she's hurt and she's probably, I, at least I hope that she takes some time off because um, I don't know. Is it like a broken bone in her forearm or so, there's something going on in her arm uh, and she does not look a hundred percent. So she should probably get a hundred percent so that they can do something with that team. But I, you know, it wasn't a good match, but I was really just happy that nobody took a bad bump and ended up hurt. And, you know, that was more of my interest in this one. Chelsea took a dive and she survived. I'm very thankful for that because her and her wrist have been not working well together for years. So I'm glad she survived that. But I still stand by what I said. I love Liv Morgan. That's all I have to say about this match. Cool. So, and then what? <laughs> what else can I possibly say besides I love Liv Morgan? And we will segue now to the Raw Women's Championship match involving Bianca Belair and Asuka. And I have to acknowledge the absolute cutest entrance of the weekend. The little the little ESTs dancing for Bianca Belair was the sweetest, most adorable thing I have seen at a WrestleMania since I don't know when. This was absolutely precious. It was wonderful. Both entrances were great. Um, this one was excellent. When old girl started doing the exorcism type stuff, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but no, this, this is great. Uh, really cool. A moment they'll probably never forget. And uh, Bianca is, I've been saying it all year. I'm going to keep saying it. She, she's one of the best baby faces in the game, man. Not many people can be this dominant of a champion and still get cheered. So she's, she's, doing, she's doing the things the right way. Triple H told a story about the, um, the, the one, the, the smallest uh, of the ESTs. Uh, she was the one who actually ended up doing the little dance down the aisle with Bianca. Her mother passed away today. Oh my God. And she still did her, her thing, you know, that she, that she did with, with Bianca, which was so great. And she kind of did the little contortion thing where at first I, <laughs> I had the same reaction initially when she did that thing where she flipped her legs over her, over her back uh, as I did when when Shane did the did the leapfrog uh, splits jump, <laughs> but thankfully this this you know young young lady knew what she was doing and and it was part of the thing and and Shane's wasn't but yeah like Triple H you know he was breaking up on the presser talking about this and and how she still wanted to do the spot with with uh, with Bianca and how you know he was so grateful for her and such but yeah that that was such a sad story. Wow, that is so heavy. And she's just a little brave little angel to go out there and still do that at WrestleMania to lose her mom. Oh, my gosh. What a sad story. And I got to kind of rewatch the press now to get the full crux of it. But my God, it really even adds that WrestleMania moment even more because that is really, really tragic to lose your mom the day you have arguably one of the biggest moments of your life and she's not there to watch it. Such a tragedy. But as we try to lighten the mood a little bit, I had expectations for this match 
to try to to try to overexceed what the storyline couldn't do for them leading up to this match at WrestleMania. And I thought they did a very good job. The crowd got into it. Bianca Belair was very savvy early on by using her power and strength against Asuka to kind of slow down the pace a bit with Asuka is going to light her up with kicks and strikes, goes with Asuka lock at various points to try to make Bianca Belair submit. But it is a bruising battle between two season vets out there that really brought it when it counted most and got the fans involved, which was a concern of mine because, as I said earlier, the story leading into this match at WrestleMania was very lacking. Lacking is a, is a generous word. Uh, wasn't much story except Oscar came back with some new face paint and won the Rumble. That was essentially the story. Uh, when I run the one, not won the Rumble, uh, won the Elimination Chamber. That was essentially the story. Uh, but the match was good. Started off a little clunky. I got a little worried, but the ladies really did their thing, man. They came through. They delivered. Uh, Bianca's three for three in my book when it comes to great WrestleMania matches. And I mean, three and oh, she's she is absolutely making her claim as one of the best women uh, WWE has ever produced, you know, ever created because she's absolutely a creation of in, in this system from the system. So, uh, yeah, she's again, it's still so impressive to me that she's this still this beloved and cheered by everyone. And she's this dominant of a, of a wrestler like she she's dominant she's rarely ever in trouble ever you know the underdog and she's still really cheered i mean this she's going on a year with this reign longest black champion in wwe history so making history every day i i I love bianca you know there's also something about bianca every time i see her i just think she is the perfect version of what they want as a a superstar like for the men it's why it's part of the reason why john cena was champion for so long he was the best spokesperson for whom they wanted now it was also a white dude with the ball cap and jorts at the same time right so there was still a character behind that i think bianca as that spokesperson she she's still kind of growing into the the interview stuff like you know she she's getting a lot better but as a persona as a face as someone who goes on tv i'm not sure that they have a better person roman's not going to do all of it right he they they like the miz because he can do it but also the Miz is a giant cartoon character, uh, whereas Mike Mizanin is probably a pretty cool dude, but The Miz lets them give him bad stuff, like saying he has tiny balls and stuff. Like, that's just The Miz. And so you can you can always utilize The Miz because he's really good in that role, but the wrestling side, the wrestling fan side of that doesn't really take him seriously. But Bianca is the perfect person for them to put out there as the face of, of, of their company. And that I think that's a pretty important role because it's what Cody really wants to be, right? And as we saw tonight, they don't see him that way, at least yet. He'll still do a lot of that stuff because he's really good at it. But when you kind of put everything together and you're like, here, who who, who is our best 
you know, who's the best wrestler or who's the best performer. And also is the person we go out and send to be the presentation of what we do. I think she's the best person that they have. So that's a fantastic role for her. And she just delivers outside of that terrible Becky Lynch win that could have derided anybody and it didn't stop her, which may be the biggest, uh, her biggest success yet, right? Which is WWE likes to do this thing where you're on top of the world and they knock you down all the way to the bottom and some people don't really get back. And she got back and she's better for it, which is, I just hope that they don't think that that's the reason why she's better because it's not. It's because she's really good. So all of those being said, I think Asuka is absolutely the perfect dance partner. She's had some terrific WrestleMania matches, not being the marquee player. And her role in this match was to have a really great match with Bianca. And she did. It wasn't quite as good as Charlotte and Rhea, but at the same time, um, you know, they they did some stuff that uh, I may have even liked a little bit better than than that match as far as the smoothness was concerned because Asuka is just is just that good so uh, perfect perfect for what they needed to do it wasn't there to steal the show it was there to be uh, a, a really good buffer to to the rest of the show. Agreed. Really strong matchup. Love the counters throughout of Bianca going for the handspring moonsault and then Asuka goes for the Asuka lock out of nowhere. A lot of submission based offense by Asuka as well. And then eventually she goes for the Asuka lock once again, but Bianca Belair powers through. And that's the beauty of this match because it goes back to what the beginning was. It was Bianca Belair using her power, power bombing Asuka on the floor on the outside, but lifting up Asuka with the one arm after ducking the mist. That was a key factor in this match down the stretch. She ducks the missed shots to the face, and she is going to lift up Asuka with her one arm and have her in position for the KOD for the win. That was an outstanding finish to a really good match that was slow going on at first, but eventually once they hit into that higher gear, it was nonstop action, and they just delivered on every level, and they made up for a lacking of a story that was not there for them on TV in the head up to this match at WrestleMania last night. Three and three-quarter tiers for me for this match. Um, really enjoyed the story of Asuka. At least to me, it seemed like the story was Asuka is more technically skilled, but Bianca is just a physical specimen that can literally do anything she wants to anyone. So three and three tier, three and three quarter tiers for me. It's good, good match. Very good match. I would give this match three and a half tiers. Very good. And Michael Cole was great on commentary, making that point. They, she is the strongest in WWE. Her power is absolutely undeniable. And that was definitely the story of last night's match as well. As we segue to a segment that will live on in WrestleMania history. So we report back to the ring and it is our host, the Miz, alongside a parent co-host Snoop Dogg, and they announced the fake ass total of the fans in attendance for nights one and two of WrestleMania combined. Allegedly, over a hundred and sixty thousand people were in the building. I don't believe that, but I digress. So they're celebrating this, and then the Miz does not want another impromptu match at WrestleMania. Snoop Dogg says, "Why not? Let's do it again." And then we get the random surprise return of Shane McMahon, last seen 
completely ruining the men's warrior rumble last year in St. Louis. He was basically told to stay home from WWE for the last year or so. He returns and he's already blown up running down the ramp. He's already out of breath, thanking the people for their love and support. And then we get this impromptu match against Shane O'Mac and The Miz. And after one leapfrog, Shane McMahon goes down. He does not get back up. The Miz is told to back up because this is a very serious situation. The camera shoots away from Shane, who is legit injured. But ever, the ring general, not Gunther, but Snoop Dogg, Calvin Brodus decided, you know what? (laughs) Yo, hey, Akila, Akila, you you and these governments that you keep dropping on this show. You you gotta stop. Last time someone called him Calvin Brodus was uh Murder was the case that they gave him. Hey, listen, you're not getting me hemmed up, all right? You, you are not getting me involved in whatever shenanigans you got going on, which you calling everybody by their government. Listen, Calvin Brodus in this moment became a ring general and said, you know what? Something ain't right here. Let me come in here and finesse this. Let me knock the Miz out a couple of times. Let me try to save this segment for the people. And sure enough, Calvin Brodus did just that. He knocked the Miz on his ass and delivered the world's worst people's elbow. But he delivered. And he pinned the Miz to win the impromptu WrestleMania match that he was not even a part of. But because he's Calvin Brodus, he showed up and saved the day. And he told Shane McMahon, never do this again. This is your last day of having a match in this here ring. Because, baby, you got you ain't got it no more. The juice is gone. The thrill is gone. It is not 2016. It's not 2006. Hell, it's not even 2000. Stop it, Shane. Stop it. But thank you, Calvin Brodus, for doing what you needed to do for the people last night, the people's champion at WrestleMania. <laughs> let me tell you, first of all, let me tell you a couple of things. All right. I'm, I, whatever you're doing with the, with the governments, that's fine. But what we're not going to do is we're not gonna just going to not acknowledge the Miz and act like he didn't, he did nothing in that ring. Okay. The Miz was the ring general, okay? That's that's who Mike was out there, okay? Since we want to throw governments out there. <laughs> Yo, Calvin, you got to stop. <laughs> the Miz the Miz was out there running the show, you know? He took two... two I, that second one looked pretty legit. You know, maybe it was the camera angle, but it looked pretty legit. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't mind the elbow drop. I thought it was a pretty good elbow drop. Nice hang time from Soup, you know? Pretty good. It, it was much better than the frog splash he delivered on Dynamite. 100%. Growth. 100%. Growth. See? Okay, so we need to go back to Shane. So Shane comes out. I got excited because I like to put things together that don't even really need to be put together because they're probably not related in any way. But on the same day that it was announced that the UFC and WWE will probably become one company after Endeavor buys WWE, I immediately thought, like, oh, 
I remember when Shane went to Vince and he's like, Dad, we got to buy this thing called Pride Fighting. And Vince is like, ah, you know, go, go, go away. Like, you're bothering me, kid. And now they're going to be a combined with a UFC, with the UFC. So MMA company combined. I, I was like, oh, maybe Vince called up Shane and was like, hey, remember that thing, the MMA thing you were telling me about? Like, now I need you back because I have no idea what this MMA stuff is. And as I'm thinking about this, whose music plays but Shane McMahon? And he comes out. And this guy was so excited, and I think this plays into the problem here. This guy danced and strutted all the way down that long ramp, and when he got to the microphone, he could not catch his breath. Like, he was so tired. And so he's got this match with The Miz, shoots him into the rope, didn't just do a leapfrog, does a leapfrog, in which he tries to touch his hands with his toes. And this man is in his 50s. Like, he doesn't need to be doing this stuff. Like, a normal leapfrog for Shane McMahon is enough to impress this crowd. And as he hits after this leapfrog, he kind of stumbles. And I, at first, I was like, oh, no, he twisted his ankle. And so he's a pro, so he's trying to reset himself. And as he resets himself... He falls again, and this fall, I should have been reminded because I I saw this fall in person before. It was the 2005 Royal Rumble. I was in Fresno, California. John Cena and Batista, they don't know what the finish to this match is supposed to be. They just keep throwing each other over the top rope. Vince struts into the ring. He's yelling at everybody. He slides in, he tries to stand up, and he blows out both of his quads. That's the same fall that Shane McMahon took in this ring. So when Triple H said at the press conference that he tore his quad, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the fall that I saw in Fresno in 2005. But there's one other piece to this that no one else is thinking about. There is a chance, this is probably the best chance we've ever had for Michael Jordan to actually watch WrestleMania. And if he watched this segment and he saw Shane McMahon blow out his quads while wearing the Air Jordan 37 lows, Shane is not getting any more shoes. Shane is going to have to go ask KD. He may have to go ask LeBron. He may have to get you know, some old school LeBrons the next time, you know, because Shane's going to have to make a comeback, right? Because that's what jacked up 50-year-old dudes do. They got to they gotta come back. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he goes and, you know, ask AI, can it get some old Reebok AIs? Like, I, he better hope that Michael was not watching this show because I have a friend who has n- probably never watched wrestling since he was like 10 years old. And he's about, he's almost Shane's age. He was watching today because somehow he got 99 cent Peacock for a year. And he's like, oh, I wonder if I can watch WrestleMania. He's watching Snoop and he's having a blast watching Snoop. And then he watched Shane fall on his ass. So I, I don't know. There's a chance Michael watched tonight. And if so, Shane's, I think Shane just lost the Jordan brand. He's not getting any more Jordans because Michael just saw him blow the quad in his shoes. Damn. That's like Zion blowing 
those Nikes that year playing playing that game with Duke and the, the shoes exploded. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Kawhi and Jack could always use them with New Balance. <laughs> I'm sure they could always use somebody else on their squad. So they got that going on. Hey, uh, Shane, would you like some claws? Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you know, he'll be fine. He'll be Shane will land on his feet. <laughs> did you think did you think it was possible that when Shane landed he tried to play it off by like doing the stanky leg or something like <laughs> like nope that was real that was a real fall oh ain't no, ain't no Charlie horse this that that second step it looked his knee just looked like jello as it as he tried to like wobble it, it looked more like the wobble you know, they, yeah, they, there you go. There you you go. know, yeah. You know, maybe he was going for the stanky leg, but he was absolutely <laughs> pulling off a wobble. Uh, I felt so bad for that dude, though, because yeah, as too. as somebody who has had knee injuries in the past, they are such a pain to, to work through. And, you know, I'm sure he'll have some good doctors and he'll have some good medicine and stuff and wish that guy, you know, all the. All, all the good luck in, in making us come back. Because as you get older, you, you, y'all will both learn this soon enough. It's so much harder to come back from injuries as you get older. Yeah, I feel bad for Shane. I really did. You know, I made the joke. He, get, he got off of Warrior Rumble probation after a year. And he had this moment at WrestleMania. And he's got to make up for it now. He's got to go in the lab, work on it to get, you know, healed up for possibly WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia to atone for what happened. Maybe Meek Mill will be there to support him in his time of need for next year's WrestleMania. But, you know, what I noticed during this moment in time was that WrestleMania was really glitzy and glammy this year at the sponsorship. We had a to it. We had... um Mike's harder lemonade. So when Shane fell down like that, life alert could have oh, been needed. That's you know, a life good alert. One. You know, he couldn't get up. Like he, he just hits, he's got up. the remote or something. He's got to hit the button and then they yes. come and help him. <laughs> and they're right there too. Immediate medical assistance. And you know who comes to the scene? Roberto. <laughs> he's he heals he heals Shane up to his feet, heals heals the torn quad. You want to get someone over as the baby face? <laughs> Roberto to the rescue on some some what was it? Life life what? Uh, life alert. Life alert. <laughs> Roberto the healer. That's his new gimmick. Heal that man's body. That quad is well once again. But Shane, get well soon, homie. No I'm, I feel bad for you, but Calvin Brodus saved the day. Bless Snoop Dogg, indeed. You gotta stop. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. You're killing me with those. That is that is that is it. I can't (laughs) listen. I'm I'm gonna go back in time before we move to our next match. There was a moment from ECW way back in 2007 or eight, I believe, and Matt Stryker, when he was good at his job did one of the greatest Snoop Dogg jokes, dropping the government name, noting that it was noted poet lariat, Calvin Brodus, that told us all about the gin and juice. <laughs> that was one of his one. greatest lines ever. That's, that's a good one. Good. Yeah, that's yes, good. that's when Mike Stryker had talent. But he doesn't anymore. Sorry, Mike. 
But let's move on to Hell in a Cell. It was Edge, Brute Edge versus the demon Finn Balor. And Edge comes out to some Slayer. We may never hear this again at WrestleMania because we're going to screw up there right off the replay if they didn't pay that into, in perpetuity. We'll see about that. But um, I wasn't here for the, the headgear. wasn't feeling the metallic of it all. And it came out there to Slayer. It was all right. I love when his real theme music hits. Metalingus always sits for me by, by Alter Bridge. He gets that he was welcome. Proper baby face pop. No Gangrel. No Christian Cage. No true blue brood reunion but my selling point was obviously finn balor appearing at wrestlemania for the first time as the demon and what i like the most about this presentation was that they went back to the og theme music and not that remix bullshit from judgment day the proper theme song was played for the demon finn balor and i was very thankful for that yeah it was good uh the interests are really good uh you know edge looked like a cross between uh, it looked like you stole the wings from Jeepers Creepers and then took the mask from Finn Balor's dominatrix closet. So I don't know what the <laughs> hell he had going on. Um, you know, that that's that's his own personal thing. Uh, I thought Finn looked great, though. I thought his whole entrance and everything was great. That was that was fantastic. What was the the Pope exorcist thing? What was, was that, is that a movie that's coming out? Yeah. So that was like the sponsorship for this match? I believe so. Mhm. Interesting. I guess it, you know, it's no different than uh the what is it? The uh the international championship with Orange Cassidy the Shazam 2 match or whatever they did on <laughs> AEW. I guess this is the WWE version of that. I just thought it was weird because they didn't explain it and maybe the announcers didn't really know it as it was happening. But I was like, were we supposed to know? Like, this movie is not, I wouldn't consider this movie like the most mainstream of releases. Like, it's not like it was John Wick 4. So I was just confused about when it popped up. I was like, what, what is this? Are, they, are we expected to know what this is? Because that's where it would mean something, right? You're like, oh, this sort of makes sense because I know what this is. But I didn't know what it was. Well, it had the candles show up on the screen at, 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 at in the stadium and stuff, and you know you hear the music, and I'm like, oh, this makes sense because they had just said that match was next. So yeah, I, I was confused too. I I thought that they were about to give me a goddamn on commercial because I'm on the 99 cent plan too. <laughs> I thought they were giving me a commercial while they was about to get an entrance, and I was about to be pissed off. So I went loaded on my phone to make sure I wasn't missing nothing. But <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I'm with you on that. I I, I was definitely thrown off, and then. Oh boy, Gladiator went into his uh, monologue. Yes, yes. <laughs> Did Russell Crowe got a check for this movie? Hey, good for him. That's <laughs> it, it, when you get, you know, there's some movies. Jalen Rose, uh, he he would call it, you know, when players would would stay on forever. Uh, you know, so you know, Richard Jefferson seemed like he played like until the very end that he could possibly play in Cleveland and Jalen Rose would just say, keep getting them checks, Richard Jeff. Like that's kind of what this is for Russell Crowe, right? Like keep getting them checks, like keep doing it until the checks stop coming in. Absolutely. And on top of that, I had no idea the movie was coming out and I had no idea it was sponsored for this match. No, not at all. Shout this- out, shout out to the exorcisms and the uh, cinnamon toast crunch sponsors of WrestleMania. <laughs> Snickers. And Mike's heart of lemonade. Oh yeah. And Snickers. And Intuit, TurboTax, 
And life support. And life support. <laughs> life alert. Life alert. <laughs> life, alert. <laughs> life alert. Life support. Okay. <laughs> it's so weird. But let's dive into the Hell in a Cell match because you know what? It was all right. I was very confused about the color in this match. We had red steel chairs, purple kendo sticks, purple tables. Like, um, is this the leftovers from the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match that Ray didn't use on Saturday? I didn't know. I was like, is this brood and Judgment Day related perhaps? But I thought it was a little bit too cute for me. But the action was very physical. But I had a flashback to TakeOver Dallas back in 2016 when Samoa Joe got all bloody and Finn Balor got busted open via a ladder shot to edge midway through this match and medical personnel went to check on him and the fans were booing because they said, let that man bleed, let him fight. I kind of felt that way as well, but you got to be safety first in this situation, but it kind of slowed down the pace of this match and Edge had to improvise a bit, but let me find some tools to pull out underneath the ring to try to distract y'all from what's happening in front of you right now regarding Finn getting medical attention. So they tried here, but I did love the physicality. Finn Balor just ooch another gear when he got taken care of. He went for a coup de gras and Edge kicked out, went for one through a table and he missed off the side of the Hell in a Cell structure. And then Edge comes through ultimately and he is going to deliver the concerto to Finn Balor to end this rivalry once and for all. It was good, but it felt like it ended a little bit early before it really reached that proper crescendo. I'm just glad they color coordinated everything so I knew whose whose weaponry was whose. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure who the who the purple was for and who the red was for. I wasn't quite sure, but I'm glad they did that for everybody. Um I it was fine. I you know I don't know why they felt the need to color with with the colors. I I don't know why they felt the need to do that. Um, three and a half tears for me. You laid everything out for the match. Like that's that's it. Nothing else really stood out. The drop kick when the Finn was was caught up in the corner that was cool by Edge. But yeah, three and a half tears for me. I thought the match actually got better when Finn got busted. Now, not to say that you know him him getting hurt is you know is good for the match in any way because absolutely not like i saw the gash on top of his head and that thing's gnarly and supposedly they put staples in his head inside the ring so that he could finish the match Mm. that's crazy uh but what happened is they had to hit the fast forward button a little bit knowing that maybe they don't have as much time as they did. And then that kind of hurt the rest of the show because they started to get in all them damn partnerships and commercials, for, or, you know, to fill the time because I think they wanted to go off the air at three and a half hours or later. So, you know, we need those minutes with Peacock. We, we get counted for minutes. So that kind of created an urgency because the match was really slow. Of course it was slow. It's edge. And that made them kind of kick it into overdrive. And I thought the match got much better once there was that urgency. I had no interest in this match from the buildup. While I give Edge credit for trying to be different with his promos, it's just really hard for me these days to sit through these Edge soliloquies. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I thought the match was a about as good as it should have been and thankful to you know team WWE and that 
in that cage to help Finn because if they would have had to kill that match because of the the blood after Shane McMahon just tore his quad, like that would have been bad, right? So they kind of saved it and kudos to Finn for being able to to finish it. Hopefully he's okay. And I just really hope that they move on. Like, I don't know what necessarily has to happen with Edge. I'm actually interested in both of your thoughts on this. Does he need to go away? Does he need to change his character? Does he need to stop cutting long promos? Like, what do you want to see out of this guy? Because it feels that even though his stuff is usually high quality, uh, it feels like he's overstayed his welcome. And I'm not even exactly sure why. What I want, what I want is for Christian to come back and maybe just get a little quick little tag team reunion, short little, little fun last tour. But that's, that's, that's me fantasy booking. What I want realistically yeah, I think he needs to go away for a little bit. You know, I will say when he goes away, he comes back a little different. He can't, went away, came back as, you know, he was Edge on the comeback tour. Then he came back as Edge. He was, you know, the Judgment Day guy. Then he came back as Edge, the brood guy on a revenge path for his wife for a little bit. He just, he doesn't, he's not fighting for anything right now. So I, I think he does need to go away for a little bit. He needs any, when you bring him back, you can bring him back for a big match. You can bring him back against a Dominic Mysterio. When, you know, actually, Maybe that's maybe that's kind of the way you pivot next anyway. You know, you go with Ray and Edge versus Dominic and, and Damian Priest. I think that's a nice way you can go if you want to keep going there. But I don't know, man. I, I think you gotta go away. If if you don't go away, I don't know what you do with him. He gets he's he's just there. Yeah, I feel like he's definitely winding down his career in WWE and he learned a valuable lesson last year when he tried to do something different. He wanted to be a heel, but the fans don't want to boo you. You are basically a babyface emeritus in WWE, a legend in the game, and they're not going to boo you. And he had to adjust accordingly, and I'm glad that he did. But I think he does need to take time away to kind of reassess things and come back with a sense of purpose. Like, what is your purpose here? In WWE now, you had your chance to win the championship. You didn't win the big one at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. You had a really fun feud with Randy Orton three years ago. What's next on your agenda? You've been feuding with Judgment Day for almost a year now, but I think it's time for him to go away and find that one last feud that can really check every box. And for me, his best feud since returning to WWE was against Seth Rollins when they delivered three selling matches at pay-per-views, SmackDowns, and elsewhere. So I think he needs something else to really sink his teeth into believably and cut promos that are grounded in less supernatural and less corny, so to speak, to really forge that true connection he has with the crowd because he is really one of the best talkers in WWE when he is given something meaningful to do. One thing I think that could save him and give him a small extended run here is if Christian comes back. But when I ask today, I th- he's still under AEW contract. I don't know if Christian wants to come back, but I but that would be something that would have a little bit of legs and they could go out the same way that they came in, which would be a nice little sort of, you know, not nice little cool thing. You could do a bunch of stuff with the like the 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 last run of Edge and Christian. You could bring Kurt Angle in and they could do their comedy together. So I think that's one thing that could end the you know, end it all and and sort of 
kind of nice little bow tie or or wrapping uh, on on the gift there and uh, but other than that i don't know i don't know if if another singles run is in there i i just i don't know i i think the character is just it's just not I don't want to. I don't want to call him old because that's mean. But he has a certain way of doing things that is a little bit different from how uh, or from what works. And uh, it seems he's resistant in in changing the way that he wants to do things. So I think that's probably more what it is for me. But uh, but yeah, I, I may also just be hard on him because I have watched his entire freaking career from 1997 <laughs> all the way through so 26 years that's a lot of edge yes a lot of edge <laughs> absolutely i do agree i think a christian cage run would be lovely as a tag team once again but we'll see he did break out the kill switch on finn Balor last night a nice nod to his tag team partner and best friend who i love a lot in AEW. but if they can come back together as a tag team and WWE, that would be lovely for them to ride off into the sunset together as we now segue into the thing we have been dreading most on this show. It is now time for the main event of WrestleMania 39 going down at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. It was Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion versus the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Let's get to the introductions first, the entrances first. Cody was looking very clean last night in his gear. The Cody Vader was back for one night only. The presentation, the grandeur, it was everything. The fans absolutely loved Cody Rhodes. Then we saw the front row. We got Brandy. We got Baby Liberty. We got Sister Teal. We got Mama in the in the front row. And then we had little negative one Brody there grabbing the belt, the weight belt, holding Cody's entire career essentially. And you saw the visual. We saw his baby girl hugging her, hugging her dad, and she couldn't let him go. She said, F these headphones. I want to hug my dad. That was a beautiful hallmark moment. How could you possibly do what you did in the main event, WWE? <laughs> How could you possibly do this, you cold-hearted bastards? <laughs> I'll let you go first, Scott. Hey, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't quite have the same disdain. And my, you know that the Aquila quite has. I am disappointed, but yeah, you know they they definitely set it all up where you're like, yep, it feels like uh, there's something in the air. You know, it feels like something big is coming, and uh, you know you got you got Brandy on camera. I, that was a very nice moment. She took off the headphones and she she put her head on on his on his shoulder, and you know. That was the last time that she could comfortably and confidently call him Cody Luther Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> Lost that title tonight. Damn it. But then we have Roman's entrance. So Roman gets six pianos on the main stage. Were they Ste Steinway and Sons? I don't know. But they all played his entrance music. It was very dramatic, very classical. And he came out and he was egregious, walking his sweet ass time down the ramp. We had pyro for Cody, obviously, pyro for Roman, pyro everywhere. It was very beautiful. No drone shots at WrestleMania this year. 
no egregious fireworks outside. It's basic fireworks, basic pyro for our guys for this main event. Samantha Irvin, she killed the introduction. She made this feel absolutely big time spoke from her gut and her chest and i love that for her and then the fans are hyped for this matchup the face-to-face confrontation is everything the bell sounds the match starts and i'm feeling good it's a great back and forth battle a big time heavyweight fight it's a battle that the fans are into they won't they want cody to win so desperately and then things happen scott yeah, you know, shenanigans start to take place. Solo had been ejected. Uh, every We had already done, kicked out of finishers. Roman had hit a Superman spear, you know, the, the Uranagi. Cody had hit a Cody cutter, a uh, nice Cody cutter, hit, hit the crossroads. Um, at this point, Cody had hit two in a row. He's going for the third. He had set up the third before when he hit it on, on Seth to make sure he, he didn't kick out. And then... Solo comes back with a hoodie, Samoan spike, one, two, three, and the crowd is deflated like Clash of the Castle. You know, it, it kind of felt like that. It was a, it was, I was shocked. I, I'm not going to lie. I was absolutely shocked at the finish. And uh, I'm still sitting here wondering what's next. You know, I always talk about what's the next thing. And I, I just, I don't know who you go with unless you go back with Cody for the rematch, but even that just doesn't have the same, the same big time feel. So I don't, the only, the only thing I can think of that you can do that would, that would have everyone satisfied. And as far as the fans and, you know, the, the, the internet community and everyone on the same page and on board is if this whole thing is going to come full circle and Jey Uso is going to win the title from Roman Reigns. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Jey Uso is maybe my favorite character in WWE right now. You all talked about it yesterday, but I was so impressed with him in that match with uh, oh Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. I just don't think that they have the uh what would I even call it? They don't have the courage to book Jay Uso as a champion. They don't see him in that way, I don't think. But I agree with you. I think it's fantastic. I think that story lines up. It it goes full circle, like you said. I if they, if they don't have Drew McIntyre win. <laughs> last year and they don't have Sammy win in front of in Montreal. And then they don't have Cody win when he is, uh, you know, the entire, the red carpet is rolled out for him. I don't, I don't know if they will understand the romanticism of that Jay Uso turn. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, him winning that match, I might be wrong, but this match was exactly what you thought it would be. The entire bloodline storyline has to do with protecting the title. This was not going to be a clean match. Uh, Solo got kicked out once. The The twins came out, and then they got chased out. Sammy hit the kick on Roman. And this I mean, this may have been even a bigger FU to Sammy than to, to Cody. He hit the kick on Roman and and still Roman Roman won the match. 
But I, here's what I would like to know, and I guess you know, Triple H would never say, but if like you know, if, if I had a chance to talk to Triple H, gave him some truth serum. Uh, I I would love to know what are they looking for in the person to beat Roman? Because you had a guy who ticks all the boxes. You took him from the other company, which, which means something today. You bring him in for WrestleMania. He beats Seth Rollins in a fantastic match. He tears his peck so much so that he is bruised up right before a Hell in a Cell match in a cage. He wrestles the match injured before he goes to have surgery, and you have this great, fantastic spectacle of a match where... The story is, is that no one has ever been more courageous to wrestle in a match. And so then you bring him back at Royal Rumble. You tell this whole story. We're anointing him as one of the main guys. I mentioned earlier how he's so good in in public with the PR, doing interviews uh, with the fans. I've seen him at meet and greets. When when he was doing the indies and and my uh, podcast partner, John LaRocca, was booking APW, he's like, Cody is the ultimate pro. He wears a suit. He's a businessman. He's so easy to work with. He's like the professional's professional. So you have all of those things in this one package of a wrestler. And really, what you use him for is to just tell another part of the bloodline story so if you have an idea that is better than the one that i just explained i would love to see it i would love to hear about it i would love to know who that is maybe they don't know who that person is yet and they're still looking for that person because if this decision to not put the belt on him at wrestlemania and let's use wwe's own language Like, this is the place where all the magic and all the memories happen. This is the place where everyone needs to get their moment. You can't tell me that, oh, Cody's going to win it in Saudi Arabia, or, oh, Cody's going to win it at SummerSlam, and that's going to be as good of a moment. I'm seeing a lot of this, oh, they need to tell the story. They need to tell the story of Cody, you know, being at rock bottom and coming all the way back up and, and winning. The rock bottom of the story was him when he was wearing a mustache. Mm. The rock bottom of the story was Stardust that made him quit. That's the rock bottom because he's told us that's the rock bottom. He told us, when I left WWE, my dad did not want me to leave, but I had to do this on my own in a way to step out of his dad's shadow. And then his dad is helping WWE's next generation, including Roman Reigns, become the, the next guys and the next women who, who are going to take the ball. And Cody goes out and does it on his own, goes to the indies. He's a draw on the indies. Like, he's the top draw on the indies. Goes to ROH. They, they, sell the, they set the ROH record with him and Kenny Omega. 
and he does some stuff with New Japan, and then they create AEW. So that bottom from Stardust to where he is now, like you, you, you can't knock him further down than Stardust, and he has told us that. He has told us this story. So anything else from here, if you're trying to tell me that Cody losing to Roman and having to come back from that is the bottom, I don't buy it. And thus, this is why I think it was a it was a bad moment. Now, maybe they don't see Cody as that guy, and maybe he was never world championship material in their eyes. I think that's a bad um, recruiting tool in that Kenny Omega, possible free agent. If Kenny Omega watched what happened to Cody, he's like, hmm. Now, Kenny Omega may not be a WWE talent anyway he he he's he seems to be a little bit more of a wrestler who can wrestle multiple styles that wwe style may not be the best style for him but maybe if he became he could become a different version of kenny that would work just as well who knows but if i'm anybody in aew and i look at this cody story and all the things cody did to come back from getting hurt and then being thrust into this big WrestleMania, and then at the peak of this moment, them not going through with it. Now, let's see how the next four months or, or whatever go. Um, I'm a little bit more apprehensive than maybe I was when I was watching this Cody storyline just get so good and like, oh, man, Cody's going to be the guy. Can you believe Cody's going to be the guy? And then it was like, ha, sorry, guys. We're, we, we're telling the story, but we're telling it in our way, and and you know whether you you know whether this is the peak or not is is not part of the way that we're telling it so that is frustrating on that end now i don't have an emotional connection to cody rhodes winning this match i love roman reigns i think roman reigns is one of the best guys going and he is such a great uh champion when it comes to that sort of bigger than life persona his comments in the post uh, the post show press conference, we're great. He's a smart dude. He's a cool dude. He looks like the kind of dude who, you know, if I'm hanging out and watching sports at the sports bar, like that's the dude that I kind of want to chit chat with because he's so cool. Like he has all of those qualities, and I love him. So it's not that. It's not that. It's just I think they they have this weird thing where they cannot book a baby face to save their life unless it is just forced upon them. And I wanted them to change that narrative. Like I wanted Triple H, if this is really his creative, I wanted him to do the stuff that Vince wouldn't do. And I think that they had the right guy to do it. But again, maybe they don't believe he's the right guy. But if they do believe he's the right guy, I definitely think they missed the moment. They missed a moment by a lot tonight. That fan ovation that Cody got was amazing. They were with him this entire match. They wanted him to win, to finish the story. Because now you're telling me that you're trying to basically wait to cross a thousand days with Roman Reigns as champion, which will happen to be in Saudi Arabia for the King and Queen of the for the King and Queen of the Ring event going down at the end of May around Double or Nothing Weekend, wink wink, and Paul Fontaine 
called this or Jeremy <laughs> Finestone. One of the two called it was this. Paul. It was Paul. He's it was uh, Paul. He's he's defending his call. He's been defending his call for about two hours since the match ended in our in our Discord. <laughs> he, <laughs> I have to go back and see it, but he prophesized this. He said, "Let's get to a thousand days, and if it happens." That's where Cody would dethrone Roman Reigns. And sure, it might be the most viewed international PLE in Peacock history, but it ain't WrestleMania. And this was the grandest stage to do this. Bump the historical aspect of a thousand days. Get this man over right now. This is your one shot to do it right. And maybe he'll cut a solo promo on Monday Night Raw tonight to say that the story is only beginning. is not over for him. But Roman's prophecy of also saying on April 3rd, you wake up and you realize you couldn't get it done. Guess what? Will you quit today? Is this the day you also give up on your dreams of being champion? Will you run away from this? And we'll see Cody's answer tonight and we'll see how the fans respond. Will it be a rabbit ovation for this guy who they loved at WrestleMania last night? But this was definitely a choice by WWE. And to me, it was not a good one because I saw the fans heading up the stairs when the bell sounded because they thought this was absolute bullshit. I mean, I, I I ain't got nothing to add to what you two said. Like, I, this is I I've I've defended them not pulling the trigger because I thought this was the 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 trigger that they were waiting to pull. But you know, they missed the moment. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the story is that they're telling. Paul Heyman and Roman said in their press conference that this is the third inning of the game. Apparently, with this story, so we'll see what that means. We'll see what comes next, but. Again, who 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 can even challenge for the title? Like who who's even a viable challenger for the title? Lashley, Gunther, that's the only two that come to mind that he hasn't already beaten that there's any intrigue in. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. The raw raw after mania is gonna be very interesting to see what the big story is coming out of it, what the story is coming out of it. Um, you know, and what Cody does specifically, because he got lugered. He got lugered hard. Yeah, I've been talking about that pretty much since they announced the match because it has always been in the back of my mind that Roman Reigns was winning this match. The reason why I say Lex Luger is because in 1993, now we're we're post Hogan, right? We're Vince is always looking for that next guy. And it's, you know, he's got Lex Luger, turns him babyface, puts him in the red, white, and blue, and puts a, gives him a bus and is like, you're going to go across the US. You're going to sign autographs. You know, you're going to meet people and you're going to face Yokozuna at SummerSlam. So when they get behind somebody, the idea is like, it's a, it's a tell. It's like, yeah, we are telling our fan base that this is the guy. And so as you get closer to SummerSlam, Vince changes his mind. And instead of having Luger win the title at SummerSlam, he has Luger win by countout. This this Lex Luger character is so dumb that when he loses by countout, he gets a celebration. He gets balloons. Like he won the championship by countout, like an NBA championship, like... You know, like like LeBron's uh, when LeBron beat the Warriors in 2016, the 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 game just ended for for whatever reason, and the balloons came down. Like that was Lex, and so 
he didn't actually get the belt and it really destroyed him in front of the fans eyes like when that happened i was like wow they don't believe that lex is hogan oh i get it that makes sense so then you fast forward to royal rumble lex and brett they do the they they do the thing where they both touch at the same time and then you have this match at wrestlemania 10 lex against yoko brett against yoko and and brett wins the belt vince just fully gives up on lex as the guy so that is my worry with cody in that no matter what they do from here on out this is what the people are going to remember and it may have a pro it may have an issue with uh they may fans may have an issue with seeing him as the top guy if he does eventually get the belt so that's where i compare him to, to Lex Luger and the Lex Express. And I even tweeted, I said, you know, Cody got Lex Luger. I, it's what I was worried about when they were doing this. I was like, okay, if they're going to do Cody, they got to go the entire way because we've also been, I don't know if you all have been anticipating this, but I am sort of anticipating the fans kind of turning on his promos at some point because they're a little preachy. I guess is the right term. And so you had this moment and at some point, maybe they just don't like him anyway, but you have that, you have that moment at WrestleMania that you can always go back to. And so they don't have it. And so we'll see what the creative is. Um, But I just think that if they thought Cody was the guy tonight was the night. So that leads me to believe that they do not think Cody is the guy. Then who is the guy? That is the question. Roman. <laughs> Forever, apparently. That's, that's it. Well, let's uh, let's look forward to the thousand day reign. He's definitely getting to the thousand, so we'll see what happens then. I guess. Yes, the thousand days are coming. Congratulations to him at the expense of Cody Rhodes to wrap up night two of WrestleMania. Great main event. The finish absolutely sucked. Poor Liberty. You hugged your dad and he didn't win the big one. Damn shame. But on the tier scale, Scott, your tears for this match, real ones not included. Um, you know, I'm like Dominic Mysterio. I don't cry unless I get it tattooed on my face. Um, <laughs> uh, four, four and a quarter for me. I, if Cody would have won, it easily would have got five, but uh, four and a quarter for me. Four flat. I'm sorry, Cody. I just can't go above that after what happened to you, homie. Okay, so let's say them, and this is also from Paul. Let's say the match ends very soon after. Sammy hits the Haluva kick in the corner. Where where do you think you would have rated it at that point? Like Cody wins? Yes. I think I would probably win. I, I probably would have went with the full five. Like that felt like the full culmination of the story right there. Sammy especially hitting the kick to give Cody the win. Yeah. That would have got the five. That, that's I would have given four that's, and three quarters. Yeah, that's interesting because... I didn't want to see him necessarily win because of Kevin and Sammy, but Sammy did need that kick for his own. Uh, so I, I would have hoped that they would have wrestled a little bit longer, but 
um, you know, it, it's just it, it's very interesting to see where they would have how the ex, uh, how the reception would have been uh, different. Like you can you know, you can't play it back unless you, you do it on WWE 2K and you play it 100 times like they did in that little commercial for uh, the, the Intercontinental Championship. But I, I've talked to a few people who were in the building and uh, they were just really deflated. And then I had this somebody tech, uh, somebody tweeted me earlier and said, uh, "It's from my buddy uh, Jason, who is out here in the Bay Area. He was in WrestleMania. He said, uh, he, "My goodness, walking out of SoFi, I was talking to a major Cody fan. He went off, said the McMahons hate the Rhodes family, and they might as well drop the balloons in the ring like SummerSlam '93." So there's some salty Cody fans, man, that that are out there, probably very similar to to this person he was talking to. And the Raw after Mania, I think they'll get the benefit of the doubt unless the fans just did not like that finish. I'm not sure we have that same fan base, though, because WWE's been on a roll for the last year, and I'm not sure those same fans who were hate chanting and hate watching the product are still those fans anymore. So I think they're going to get the benefit of the doubt later tonight on raw, but that that's what I'm most interested in is the reception to the, the programs that they're trying to push. That is a very good point. Will this be a hijack the show kind of crowd? We'll see tonight have not had one of those in a very long time after WrestleMania And if they were really pissed off about Cody losing, I can imagine their mood in L.A. tonight to wrap up WrestleMania weekend. But we shall see how it all plays out. And we report back right here next week via the wrap. But before we go, it's now time to put a cap on the show by delivering our final assessment of WrestleMania's night one and two. So, Scott, when you weigh both nights on a scale of one to ten tiers, what is your final score for WrestleMania 39? So both nights combined overall WrestleMania weekend, I'm giving that a solid 7.5. Night two only gets like a 6.5 for me. Just the deflating end and, you know, only a couple matches really stood out, especially after the classic that was night one. So a good 7.5, which is a really good show. I gave it a 6 out of 10 in terms of tears. It was all right. I think the triple threat for the IC title was by far the best match from last night's show, a finish that we can all appreciate and like. And as you, I will also give WrestleMania combined a 7.5 out of 10. Really good weekend, but my God, the main event was so flat. And ironically enough, Cody too has the American Nightmare Express to fall back on. <laughs> uh, I love... Uh- Dave Meltzer said night one was the was the best wrestling version of WrestleMania that there's ever been. I lean towards WrestleMania 17 as my favorite WrestleMania. The wrestling's not as good on that show, but the star power is just through the roof. Uh, but man, night one was perfect, if not for a uh, pretty pitiful John Cena performance, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I some people didn't like the McAfee thing, and I get why the McAfee and, and Miz. But when my guy George Kittle is out there, I can't hate that thing. George Kittle's going to be some. You know, I, I th- I'm I'm hopeful that he waits until he's done 
to 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 start wrestling because I don't want to see that dude get injured. We need him uh, on the 49ers. But out yeah, the John Cena Austin Theory thing was the only thing I didn't like on night one, and I thought it was even a, a little bit of a detriment to Austin Theory. So night one, I'm like I'm like eight and a half nine for night one. I did have to kind of watch it on my phone. So I'm sure there's some things that I, that I may have missed night two. I'm like a seven. Like I, I, I'm a, yeah, you know, I did this long thing about why Cody losing was probably the wrong thing. But at the same time, again, I like Roman a lot. So I'm intrigued at where they're going. And, and uh, I just hope that the fan base who is there, now, because they think Triple H is this creative genius and who's actually going to push people they like that Vince didn't like, if those people fall off, I'm not sure the, the company's going to be as hot as it's been. So I think Tri- Triple H is going to have to do some makeup for for that part of the audience. And I think what he probably thought was, Sammy and Kevin getting their moment in the main event of night one was going to create some goodwill. And it probably did. I would imagine it did, but I'm not sure if it created enough to offset the, uh, the finish of, of, of the last match. So as always, I'm intrigued and you know, I'm, you guys have done a, a fantastic job of covering this thing all the way from re all the way to re-recording the preview show that we lost <laughs> and i was like no no no, you guys are fine you're doing two shows over the weekend don't worry about it and you're like nope i want to do the work you guys are like christian you want to do the work everyone needs to do the work <laughs> and and then you you know you put the show out we put it out midweek and then last night i couldn't get it up as soon as i wanted to because i had bad internet where i was but then that's like that's three shows in a week. So you all are doing some heavy lifting here, and it's much appreciated. And uh, for your sake, I hope WWE is still doing strong stuff creatively because it's more fun doing a show when the stuff is is good. Even though doing when you talk about bad stuff, it can be fun, but you it, it just becomes tiring if it's all bad. So I'm hoping that the creative is still solid for you both to have fun doing uh many many more episodes of the rap thank you for the very kind words so at least sammy zane myself and scott finished our story unlike cody Rhodes. yeah that sucks for him but you know on when we march <laughs> on to on to the night after wrestlemania should be quite the show tonight, and we'll cover it right here on the Fike Media Network. Next Monday morning is going to be quite the weekend review for WWE. Can they bounce back from the main event of WrestleMania? We shall see. But I want to thank Scott and Gigi for joining me today as we recapped everything WrestleMania and a little in a, and a little NXT stand and deliver. Well, thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things wwe as i said before this is the end of the year this is the last night of the year for me wrestlemania scott will be putting the the last bit this is the last night and the next time you hear me on this show 
it'll either be regular or salty depending on this week. So uh, WrestleMania will be put to bed. He'll rise from the dead next year like Undertaker. GG, appreciate the kind words. Thank you for coming back. Hopefully we don't get booyakud on this episode. I'm crossing my fingers as you're (laughs) saying this. (laughs) And the world can hear it. So uh, this was great. We'll talk to y'all next week. And uh, we'll see what WWE's got in store for us. So I just want to mention, for everyone who's actually gotten all the way through this long show, I apologize. It's probably one of your longer shows. Um, I am, we're adding, we're pulling back Scott, Edwards' five-star Joshi show, and we're making it Patreon exclusive because I think the value is, is there. And so instead, I am adding a show that is a fight game podcast branded show, but it's like an extra show. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that show uh, on the network because I previously I didn't really have a show uh, on the free network. So I'm going to do that. And it's a lot of it is going to be talking to, you know, I just want to talk to people in wrestling, doing who do podcasts, you know, people who are fans, people who are reviewers and such. And, you know, my, my goal, I'm throwing it out there. I know he'll say yes at some point, but I'll figure out uh, when I can get him. John Pollock. Like I want to talk to John Pollock. I haven't talked to John Pollock from post wrestling in a bit. Uh, But there are other folks who, I do want to speak to as well. That show is going to be on uh, every Saturday morning in our free feed. Uh, And then John LaRocca will follow up with his ticket home on Thursday. So uh, all that to say, you guys, I will have you guys on uh, the, the extra show. One of these upcoming times, maybe even uh, possibly before the, uh, the bad bunny pay-per-view, which is what I've been calling backlash i just call it the bad bunny show <laughs> so maybe like depending on you know when when that happens or it doesn't even have to be that it could be SummerSlam, it could be whatever but i do want to have both of you on that show to preview and to just chop it up like like we did here because it's a lot of fun and uh scott it, scott knows but if you want to see my quick and dirty picture of uh roberto franklin it is in the rap uh, discord channel oh no <laughs> it's, it's it's very oh, it's real simple. it's I, real I, I i i want scott to do the create a wrestler version of it and he can post it in there too so we get a couple different versions but yeah it's in there for people you can you can see roberto franklin the healer the healer I, that's gonna be his name too the healer <laughs> let me look at this right now before we go off the air you're gonna have to click it to make it bigger it's kind of small Oh my God. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He looks like Mr. Pringle. He does a little bit. Oh my God. Terrible. I'm giving, <laughs> when I create him, I'm giving him the world. <laughs> there, if you do search Bobby Lashley mustache, there's one picture that I could find where he did grow a mustache. So there is one actual picture out there, but he wasn't wearing uh, the street clothes. So I did I, I didn't grab that one. I appreciate you and your service, sir. All right. Thanks for having me. Grayson Waller, 32,000. <laughs> Keep taking the mills. <laughs>
one more shot on the way out the door as we put a wrap on this supersized edition of our WrestleMania review right here on the Faking Media Network. We'll be back next week recapping all of the craziness from WrestleMania Monday, the fallout from the biggest show of the year. Will Cody Luther King still be over? Tune in next week to find out. For myself, for WrestleMania Scott Young, and for Gary Gonzalez, that's a wrap on WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. Take care. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.